Immigration from Commonwealth countries. Before the Second World War, there were very few non-white people living permanently in the UK, but there were two million by 1971. Two-thirds of them had come from the Commonwealth countries of the West Indies, India, Pakistan and Hong Kong, but one-third had been born in the UK. The Commonwealth was the name given to the countries of the British Empire, countries ruled directly by the UK. However, as more and more countries became independent from the UK, the Commonwealth came to mean countries that had once been part of the Empire. Immigration, or people coming from other countries to live and work in the UK, was not new. By the 1940s there were already black communities in port cities like Liverpool and Cardiff. Groups of Chinese people had come to live in the UK at the end of the 19th century, and had settled in Limehouse in London and in the Chinatown in Liverpool. Black West Indians had come to the UK to fight in the Second World War. The RAF had Jamaica and Trinidad squadrons, and the Army had a West Indian regiment. As a result, there were 30,000 non-white people in the UK by the end of the war. When the war was over, most of these non-white immigrants returned to the countries they had originally come from. Why did different groups migrate to the UK in the 50s and 60s? In July 1948, the British Nationality Act was passed. This meant that every Commonwealth citizen and their dependent family members had the right to settle anywhere in the Commonwealth. The Conservatives opposed the Act. They argued that the peoples of the Commonwealth were subjects of the British Empire, not British citizens. During the previous year, India had become independent from the Empire, but the Labour government assumed that the rest of the colonies would remain in the Empire. They also assumed that travel across the Commonwealth was so slow and expensive that very few people would ever make the journey to the UK. Once the door to Commonwealth immigration had been opened, it was very difficult to close it again. Throughout the 1950s, there were government and parliamentary investigations into restricting immigration. But they couldn't get round the issue that this would either prevent white people from the Commonwealth migrating, or the system would have to become more openly racist about who would and would not be allowed in. On the 22nd of June 1948, the steamship SS Empire Windrush landed at Tilbury Docks in London. The Windrush was not the first ship to bring West Indian immigrants to the UK, but it was more widely publicised than the Ormond, which had brought 108 migrant workers by the same route in 1947, but was not greeted by newsreel cameras. The Windrush's captain had decided to advertise in the local papers to get some passengers for his nearly empty ship. Not everyone thought that this was a good idea at the time, The Jamaican government did not like the idea of losing so many people and told people that they should not travel to the UK without definite offers of work. The UK government ordered a Navy ship to escort the Windrush with orders to turn them back to the West Indies if there was any trouble. A total of 492 passengers got on the Windrush in Kingston, Jamaica, each paid the huge sum of £28.10 and shillings although there were 18 stowaways as well. Once they got off the ship in London, they were fed and housed at old air raid shelters in Clapham, then taken to Brixton Labour Exchange. 
Although this was not part of a Labour government plan, they did try to help find these new arrivals work. The Prime Minister, Clement Attlee, thought that this would be the only group of migrants, but then other ships, like the Orbiter and the Georgia, arrived as well. The London Evening Standard newspaper welcomed the Windrush with the headline, Welcome Home, and the Daily Worker newspaper welcomed them with the headline, 500 Pairs of Willing Hands. There are a number of reasons why West Indians wanted to migrate to the UK. West Indian soldiers had seen what life was like in the UK while they'd been stationed here during the war. The hurricanes of 1944 and 1950 had destroyed a lot of houses and crops in the West Indies. It was difficult to get work in the West Indies after the war had ended. There was no tourism and the price of sugar was very low. There was 40% unemployment and 90% of people earned less than £2 a week in Jamaica. There was poor health care and education in the West Indies. Having family members in the UK was a source of pride to many families. And the 1952 McCarran-Walter Act had tightened restrictions on immigration into the United States of America. Asian immigration. Most immigrants from India and Pakistan in the 1960s were encouraged to leave their countries by population pressures and the desire for a better life. There had been Asian migration to the UK before. Because of the violence and confusion caused by the partition or separation of Hindu India and Muslim Pakistan after they were given independence from the British Empire in 1947. The Indians, as British people often wrongly called them, were actually a wide range of people from different religious backgrounds and cultures. Some were highly educated professionals, for example doctors who went on to work in NHS hospitals. Others were rural labourers who took jobs that local white people no longer wanted to do in textile factories and steel mills, or worked unpopular night shifts. As independence was granted to countries in Africa that had once been part of the British Empire in the 1960s, new groups of Asian immigrants tried to settle in the UK. Asians living in Kenya, persecuted by the policy of Africanisation or giving jobs and land to black Africans only, tried to use their British passports to escape in 1967. Asians living in Uganda, terrorised by the brutal dictatorship of Idi Amin, tried to use their British passports to escape in 1972. Chinese immigration. There was increased immigration from China as the 1949 Communist Revolution had meant that many refugees had fled to the island of Hong Kong, which was still part of the British Empire. By the 1960s, Hong Kong was getting so overcrowded that immigrants used their British passports to come to the UK. Some 96,000 Chinese immigrants had come to the UK by 1971. The arrival of Chinese immigrants caused much less attention than other migrant groups as they were less concentrated in particular places and were mostly working in the catering trade where they were not in direct competition for jobs with British workers. Labour shortages After the end of the Second World War, the UK needed cheap labour for rebuilding in the construction industry, 
and in the new NHS. In 1949, the Royal Commission on Population found that the UK needed 140,000 immigrants a year to meet demand from employers. London Transport and the British Hotels and Restaurants Association lent money to immigrants so that they could afford to travel to the UK to take up jobs. However, the 1962 Commonwealth Immigration Act introduced stricter controls on immigration. It said that immigrants needed to have skills and had to already be contracted to a UK employer before they could be allowed into the UK. The result of this was that unskilled migration was considerably reduced. The Act also allowed the dependent family members of immigrants already in the UK to come and live with them, which meant that Commonwealth immigration continued into the 1970s. By the time the Windrush arrived in the UK in 1948, there were already 75,000 West Indian and Asian people living in the UK. Many had been born there. The 1971 census showed that 650,000 people in the UK could trace their origins to Commonwealth countries. This was nearly ten times the total number of non-white people living in the UK in 1951. Immigration Acts Immigration was a difficult issue for politicians to resolve. To keep the UK's economic recovery going... Businesses needed immigrant workers, but most voters were against immigration, and in particular non-white immigration. White immigrants greatly outnumbered non-white immigrants coming to the UK after the Second World War. Irish workers were arriving at the rate of 60,000 a year from 1945 to 1956, which was much more than the 30,000 West Indians. Between 1945 and 1949, some 300,000 white European immigrants arrived from Poland, Austria and Italy. Ordinary people were not the only ones who had concerns about unrestricted immigration. Many politicians in the 1950s worried that increasing immigration would put too much strain on the UK. Increasingly, Parliament was put under pressure to restrict immigration by the Home Office and the Ministry of Labour as unemployment started to rise in the early 1960s. 1962 was a year of rising unemployment and increasing support for right-wing anti-immigration groups. Harold Macmillan's Conservative government decided to restrict immigration. The government would issue work vouchers, which were strictly controlled. Limited numbers of these vouchers were made available. 8,500 a year from 1963. To get a voucher, an immigrant had to prove that they already had a job offer, had specialist skills, had appropriate education and qualifications, and had close relatives already in the UK. Labour said that this act was too harsh and racist, but the Conservative Home Secretary, Rab Butler, said that it was a matter of numbers, not race. The restrictions imposed did favour white immigrants from countries like Ireland rather than coloured immigrants from the West Indies and Asia. The 1962 Act still allowed 45,000 people a year into the UK as 900 vouchers were issued a week. 
In the year before the Act came into force, there was a final rush of immigrants. In 1961 alone, there were 49,000 from India and Pakistan, 66,000 from the West Indies, and 21,000 from Hong Kong. The 1968 Commonwealth Immigration Act. After Labour won the 1964 election, they realised that the 1962 Immigration Act had not really reduced immigration, as it had caused a last-minute surge as people tried to avoid the restrictions of the Act. There were also large numbers of dependents, people whose close relatives had already moved to the UK, who were still entitled to come to the UK. By 1965, there were 330,000 voucher applications being investigated and 500,000 dependents who wanted to come to the UK. Labour had criticised the 1962 Act as being too tough, but were now being much tougher on immigration themselves. They had been frightened by what had happened in Smethwick during the general election in 1964, when an anti-immigration candidate had won the election by taking votes away from the Labour candidate. In 1965, the government tightened the administrative procedures that enforced the 1962 Immigration Act. Only 15% of vouchers were available to be used by any single country. Only children under the age of 16 were classed as dependents, and were allowed to join their parents. Priority was given to skilled workers like doctors and engineers. More was done to ensure that illegal immigrants were deported. A quota of 8,500 vouchers a year was set in 1965, and this was later reduced to 1,500. If immigrants held a British passport but did not meet the other entry requirements, they had to go to other Commonwealth countries like Australia or Canada. Immigration became an important political issue again in 1967, as large numbers of Kenyan Asians, Asian families who were born in or had moved to the African country of Kenya, tried to come to the UK to escape persecution in newly independent Kenya. There were 200,000 Kenyan Asians. The Labour government set a quota of allowing in 1,500 Kenyan Asians a year, even though 7,000 were already waiting for their papers to come through. Both Labour and the Conservatives agreed to a new Commonwealth Immigration Act in 1968. It further restricted automatic entry to the UK to people who had been born in the UK or had one parent or grandparent who had been born in the UK. Although it did not specifically say this in the Act, this clearly favoured white people. The 1971 Immigration Act Conservative Prime Minister Edward Heath introduced a probation period for new immigrants and much harsher penalties for illegally entering the UK in 1971. Work permits were limited to 12 months only. The 1971 Act introduced the idea of patrials, that automatic entry should only be granted if an immigrant's parents had been born in the UK. 
This meant that many Australians, Canadians, New Zealanders and South Africans whose families had recently immigrated from the UK could still return. Right-wing politicians like Enoch Powell opposed the Act because it did not provide for repatriation or the sending back of immigrants who were already living in the UK. The immigration issue remained throughout the 1970s. In January 1978, Mrs Thatcher, the new leader of the Conservative Party, said in a television interview on World in Action that she had sympathy for people who, quote, are really rather afraid that this country might be rather swamped by people with a different culture. Right-wing extremists who had left the Conservatives in the 1950s and 60s because they thought they were too soft on immigration now returned to support the party after Margaret Thatcher's words. <laughs> 